We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, Fox Sports panelist Nick Wright, as we both know, was adamant for whatever reason that he trusted rookie C.J. Stroud more so than he did soon-to-be two-time MVP Lamar Jackson entering last weekend's divisional round. And, Bobby, it ended up making for some entertaining television this week because his co-host and panelist Chris Broussard, I'm telling you, he cooked. He absolutely cooked him, and I give credit to Nick because he handled it well. Not everybody does that we cover. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside Sarah Ellison. It is Wednesday, January 24th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, which is powered by one of this month's small business Patreon title sponsors, our guy Brandon Lindsay. All right, Stephen A. Smith, he gets 100% real, and you know what? Actually respectful, too. In a debate about whether Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson is the more dangerous quarterback entering this AFC Championship weekend. Now, he makes some compelling points that I want to address, and then also, we found it, Shannon Sharp. He did actually hold himself accountable, sort of. Seriously? Okay. We'll probably have a conversation surrounding that, I'm sure. And also... Did Chiefs head coach Andy Reid take a shot at the Ravens during Kansas City's locker room celebration? Some within the Ravens flock fan base seems to think so, so we're going to have a conversation about that as well. Yeah, we've got that and much, much more. We're heavy on quick hits today, so stick around for that. Thank you for waking up at the Morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. This came out perhaps after our at last episode heading into the divisional round. At least I didn't see it until after our final episode. Um, some of you may have seen this. I did tweet it. Uh, this is where Nick Wright, uh, I don't know what he was thinking here, but he starts talking about how going into that game, who, who do you trust more, C.J. Stroud or Lamar Jackson? And this is the part that people, coach will, might roll his eyes at, but I tr- – is it unfair to say I trust C.J. Stroud more than Lamar Jackson in this game? He's undefeated. Oh, wow. It's a little bit early. Yeah. Is, uh, there you go. I knew this, you guys, is, I, this is the, fitting. What? Because you have doubted. You've tried to, <laughs> like, lessen it all, you know, as Lamar's emerged and played great. You, but you've doubted him all year. <laughs> now, that's true. We, Nick Wright, he's open about it. He's a Chiefs, he's, he's a Chiefs guy. Uh, and, you know, I think it's Lamar who could actually – 
be the person to more threaten Mahomes. We saw Mahomes beat Allen again, so maybe it's Lamar who can actually uh, do some damage here. So, But as we all know, C.J. Stroud in that game led zero touchdown drives. By the way, I'll talk about later about how much we love C.J. Stroud. Much respect to him. Uh, but he had no touchdown drives. Three points. Uh, the only touchdown was from a uh, punt return. And so, woo-wee. This week, Chris Broussard comes back, and he let Nick have it. I've been sitting here for 35 minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listening to my man across the table run his mouth, <laughs> drop banners, all of that. Gonna choke. Talk to him. And bro. my man. <laughs> he, he, oh, I, I trust CJ Stroud more than Lamar Jackson in a playoff I, game. I said that That's what Nick Wright said. I didn't say that. Lamar Jackson delivered. As I thought he would, mm. as I said he would, the only thing was that would make this better Uh-oh. is a sandwich. Why? Right here. I want to eat it right Bro, now. This doesn't with make chips sense. They were and a soda this pop. Is a <laughs> <laughs> this nah, is but, but here's what they the do. Here's what they do. They invite sense. you to their place. Okay. Come on over. We're going to have a good time. We're going to go play outside. <laughs> and then... They eat lunch all up in your face in and give you, you none. Nothing. That's what they do. You don't eat. You come to Baltimore. <laughs> you do not eat. And I'm not going to disrespect the Chiefs, but the oh. Ravens, oh, this is what scared. they do. Yeah. Oh. This is what right. they do. Right. And I think okay. it's going to continue. You know, Bobby, it's hilarious because sometimes these shows for sure cross over from analyzing football to just being more entertaining. And that's clearly what Chris was going for here. He's got the sunglasses on, brings in the sandwich. That was hilarious, though, because what is more disrespectful than inviting your guests over and eating in front of them and offering nothing, taking it away? And that is the Ravens and M&T Bank saying that is Roquan Smith. We'll let you know when you can leave. But while you're here, we're going to eat in front of you kind of a type thing. So. That was hilarious. Nick took it. Nick took it, you know, sort of. And this is my thing. I hate to get personal. I don't like getting mean to people when personal. But, like, if you have a bad take, if I have a bad take, cook me all day long because it's all for fun. I can't get over that Nick allowed himself, going back to last week, he allowed himself to get, like, almost to succumb to this postseason narrative that was labeled and attached to Lamar, which was factual in the sense that, when you look at the record, but then you get obsessed with the without sort of embracing the context that led to that postseason record. Yeah, exactly. And so it's almost like, and Nick is better than that, you know. So you just wonder if, again, this is one of your classic debate talk formats where he he didn't win the the, the coin flip that morning when they're getting ready for the TV show, right? So like whoever was his co-panelist that day that was going to trust Lamar, he ended up winning it, if that's how it really goes in, in sports TV, which you never know. You hope it's a little bit more uh, real than that but or, or a little bit less scripted than that. But, yeah, I just can't – it's crazy. Like I've been on a couple different shows too this week already, and there's still such a lack of belief uh, yeah. around Lamar and the Ravens. And, and, look, they're going up against Goliath, but they're not David. Like no, come on, sure. man! Like that's that's ridiculous. If people want to feel that that's the case, we're respecting the Chiefs certainly because they've not only earned that, they've demanded that kind of respect. 
But man, to succumb to to that narrative is crazy, and I just it just makes you think that they're not watching uh, Ravens football the way that we are because what we've watched is yeah. utter dominance, and and um, what we've watched is significantly different than four years ago. And and you made that very clear off the top of the post game stream. You were saying that prior all week, and it certainly uh, lived to be true. And to your point, before we move on to the the conversation about the Chiefs, which we're going to use Stephen A. to kind of kick off. But um, they had another kind of debate on whether or not the Ravens should actually be favored. Because isn't it, is it the Chiefs that are favored? The Ravens are favored by three and a half. Three and a half, which is basically a wash when you're the home team. That's yep. what, what Vegas is essentially saying. Yes. So Broussard's talking about how the Ravens should be favorites. So to your point, like, yes, you know, they're Goliath because of how many Super Bowls they've won recently, but... To your, yeah, I love that. You're, the Ravens aren't, aren't David. So Broussard is talking about why they should be fair. You got the best record in the NFL. You got the best defense in the NFL, first in scoring, sacks, and takeaways. We've talked about that's never happened before in, the, in NFL history where a defense is first in all three of those categories, pretty key categories. And then also the Ravens have beat seven playoff teams this year by an average of 22 points. So how can – like – how can you not trust the? How can you not be like, okay, maybe this is a wash? You know what I mean? At the very least, uh, with with what's going on. So anyway, that was. And by the way, real quick, I want to I want to show this real quick. And before you do, before mm-hmm. you do, just because we probably should have talked about this pre-show. No, but I this- got, I got, yeah, I got it's screen. Yeah, I got it. Okay, it's thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for for checking though. We so don't always talk really- about every aspect in our pre-show meetings. We talk yeah. about a lot of things, but <laughs> and just to open up the door a little bit for people, remember, copyright is a real thing here in the yeah. YouTube space. We're always trying to respect that. This clip that's coming up that you're going to hear the audio of with a with an image attached to it's from NFL Films, and we don't want to get right. dinged. So, so thank we can you. Sorry. we can use the audio and comment <laughs> on that, but 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 not the video. So here's the audio of the post-game hug between Lamar and CJ, which I thought was massive respect going both ways. Hey, so he he's so so CJ says to Lamar, go win it all, bro. And then Lamar says, hey, it's just the beginning for you. We're gonna be waiting for you. So just love the respect before between both quarterbacks. And there is there is something, sometimes you hate this when it's like a rival or whatever, uh, although I wouldn't say Houston and, and Baltimore are like huge rivals, but there is something about CJ that I really do like. I just like him. I like I like uh, his cool head. I like how he plays under pressure. I like he, that he's a man of faith. I love, there's just so many things I, I like about him. And, you know, it, that always says something when it's like another team. It's like when you're up against them and you can't help but like some of your competition, CJ's one of them. I couldn't help but notice what he had to say at the post-game press conference, too. Like, he he spoke about Lamar mm. the same way that Lamar spoke of Tom Brady during the early parts mm-hmm. of his career. Yeah. And that was crazy. Like, it just it, – first of all, it's crazy to think that Lamar's been around for six seasons and counting. Yeah. But then for a rookie to view Lamar in that same light – okay, not the same light in terms of Super Bowls, but the same light but in terms of respect. look up at him. Yes. Right, to, to look mm-hmm. up to him, to want to emulate what he's done and be about – that to me was special. Uh, and then you even think about that little clip that surfaced from Ravens Wired, which is going to be fantastic this week. I think Thursday at 8 o'clock that comes out across platforms for the Ravens Productions. Um, Roquan was going after CJ, and they met right at the sideline, and CJ got <laughs> out of bounds before Roquan could get to him. But as Roe tends to do, as you've probably seen from the clip by now, if you've, if you've watched these, he's always talking, 
and he's always throwing his body around and he's thumping. That's just what he does. But CJ, you know, he got out of bounds quickly enough. It's he's like, man, you're always trying to hit me. And Rose just like, yup, yep. you know, you know it, you know it. And so, but just the, how comfortable CJ seems to be in these these big moments. It never seems like anything's too big for him. And that's why if I'm a Houston fan, I feel comfortable about my future. For sure. For sure. All right. Anything else on this before we move on? We good. Okay. So did you, have you listened to this yet or do you want me to set it up? You all you, this is one of those times where I get to react uh, instantly. All right. You get the instant reaction. Yeah. I definitely have stuff to say on this one. I, um, this one I thought could have, could have been our lead, but, um, here, the first take crew. So it's Stephen A, Shannon Sharp and Ryan Clark are discussing, you know, how these questions can be, uh, like who's the most, more dangerous quarterback heading into this championship game, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. It was actually one of the most respectful conversations I've heard come out of this show. Uh, everybody was showing respect to both quarterbacks. Everybody was saying, man, this is a tough decision. Um, Ryan Clark and Shannon Sharp both picked Lamar Jackson. Stephen A picked Patrick Mahomes. And I want to play Stephen A's, not because it was disrespectful or anything like that, but it hits on some points that I've been feeling for a little while, even though he says it in a different way that I'm about to. But I want I want you to hear why he picks Mahomes, and then I and then we'll react on the on the uh, the other. Side. I will say this to you: I respectfully disagree. Not disagreeing with anything that you said to highlight and crystallize yeah. Lamar Jackson's ability and his greatness, because it is greatness, no question about it. But I have to take into account history from the standpoint: mm-hmm. you in four matchups against Patrick Mahomes, you're th- you're one and three if you're Lamar Jackson, mirroring your playoff record until this past weekend. Okay, yeah. he's gone to the sixth straight AFC title game. We know how great he is and what have you. So we got to take all of that into consideration as well. And I'm just looking at it from that perspective: averaging over 300 yards passing against Lamar Jackson, completing over 70 percent of his passes with Lamar Jackson isn't even at 60% when he's going up against Patrick Mahomes. Here's why I'm bringing this up, Ryan and Shannon, because Shannon talked about moments. Stay with me on this because you guys would know better than me. I'm talking to two Super Bowl champions here. I'm thinking it's different now. See, when you're going in the playoff game against a rookie and C.J. Stroud, who you know is a young stud and is going to have his day in the future, right? That's entirely different than going up against a two-time Super Bowl champion who's considered the greatest quarterback in the game today mm-hmm. and arguably one of the great, if the greatest ever. Yeah. And so when you look at that guy and he's on that opposite side of the field, all of a sudden you can get on the field. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is going to do this, fellas. But you can get on the field and get a bit tighter because you know you can't afford mistakes the way that you could against somebody else because this dude just happens to be that special. That's what going against when, 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 I just wanted to give y'all this insight as a reporter. That's what we get when real reporters get this when they talk to guys like y'all. Now you're not just looking at somebody's ability. You're not just looking at moments. You're looking at the quality of the competition because the competition can make you tight. Yep. The competition can make you say, yo, this is a different challenge. And going up against this brother right here, whatever I did before is 
it, it has to exceed that. The fact that Patrick Mahomes is coming in to Baltimore and is so experienced at getting to conference championship games and ultimately the Super Bowls, having that dude across the sideline from you, there has never been a moment in Lamar Jackson's career, Shannon, where we're going to be able to look at him and say, yo, we going to find out what you made of now only because of that dude across the field. That's what I'm saying. Thoughts? Well, I couldn't get over the first like 30 seconds where he looked at the one and three record. Why should that dictate the answer to this question? Well, you know, what, to, to me, to me, it's fair, even though, even though it's different this year. Right. And that was part of what Shannon and, and Ryan Clark were saying to him. And he, he didn't disagree, but what he's basically saying, you, he, they're saying we're taking Lamar because Lamar is different right now. And he's saying, well, I got you. I understand it. But but Patrick Mahomes has been here six times. And when we've seen Lamar versus Patrick, we've seen Patrick usually win. So it's kind of like, to me, it's similar to me being like, at this point, I can't pick against the Ravens, right? Like since, since, since the bye week, I can't pick against them because of so much of what I've seen now. So I feel like what Stephen A is saying, I've seen Patrick in these moments so many times, it's hard for me to pick against him. So that's why I think he brings it up. But but I just wanted to answer your question, let, let you go ahead. I think that's fair. Uh, no, it's fair. Gosh, experience is six in a row in this slot, yet, yet Lamar in the here and now is playing better football than right. Patrick Mahomes, right? And so, you know, to me, even though it seemed like so off the top, him referring to that one and three record, uh, like I, you get it, I get it. You clarified that, and and that to me, that should not dictate whatsoever the answer to the to the debate at hand because it's about here and now, and none of that none of that else matters. Kryptonite is long in the past; it's a distant right. memory in terms of what the Ravens once viewed the Chiefs as for right and for wrong, you know, for right or for wrong. So to me, it's in the here and now. Lamar's playing MVP football, soon to be two-time MVP, crowned-wise. Uh, but Patrick has that experience, so it is a hard debate. I, I don't know if I fall in a certain type of way because, you know, quite honestly, six AFC Championship games, you know what it feels like. You know what it takes preparation-wise, especially with the media frenzy that it'll be over the course of the next several days. It's nothing like the Super Bowl will be. But there is that type of preparation. There's only four teams left in the dance. That comes with a different type of magnified living over these mm -hmm. next few days, getting ready for this game. But uh, but ultimately, like like I know where you're at. We're both riding with what we know, and what yeah. we know is what we've seen, and what we've seen is pretty dang great. Well, here's 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 why I wanted to play it. So I I did I, I told you this offline. I didn't feel like I expressed myself well in our live stream following the chiefs win when we, we found out it was going to be Ravens chiefs and here, here's, here's my feeling on it with all your opponents, you respect them, but you don't fear them, right? There's nobody that's earned more respect than Patrick, Ma uh, Pat Mahomes based off of what Stephen A is saying. The reason why I picked this, this clip is because everything that Stephen A is saying is exactly why I wanted it to be the Chiefs and not the Bills. Because when you're going up against somebody 
that has been here six times in a row, when you're going up against somebody that's also a two-time league MVP and a two-time Super Bowl winner and a two-time Super Bowl MVP, when you're going up against that guy, that's the opportunity to build your legacy. Yeah. This is a legacy-building moment for Lamar, not just because it's the championship. That's a huge part, and even if it was Allen, it would still be a huge part, but it's not Allen. It's Patrick Mahomes. Right. It's the guy everybody's saying that's right behind Tom Brady. It's the guy that everybody's saying is the only one that has a chance to catch Tom Brady. Well, then shows up Lamar Jackson and says, hold on now. I've got, say some, I've got something to say about this. I got something to say about this. I have a legacy to build too. Right. That's why it's appropriate that it's Mahomes. That's why it's appropriate. And then to your point, though, and to Shannon's point and to Ryan Clark's point, here's why you ride with Lamar. Here's why I ride with Lamar. It's why you do. Because it's different this time. And we saw the guys at Houston making fun of the that that kind of talk, right? Have you seen the look in Lamar's eye? Yada, yada. Oh, so now we're supposed to be scared? No, you're supposed to be scared because it's different on what we're seeing on there. Lamar Jackson, we've seen since the bye, is demoralizing. He will demoralize your team, whether you're the 49ers, whether you're the Dolphins, whether you're the Houston Houston Texans, because he can win in so many ways. We know what he can do with his legs, and we saw it again because he doesn't care. It doesn't matter. He'll do whatever it takes to win the game. So you want to come at me? Fine, come at me. I'm going to go run. You want to you sit back? Fine, sit back, and I'm going to pick you apart. And, Bobby, not only can he win so many ways, but I don't even think we've seen all the ways yet. I don't even think we've seen it. So now, now is the time that he can go out and take this legacy and stop Mahomes from him saying, oh, I'm going to edge up on Tom Brady. And for him to say, stop everybody talking about Mahomes versus uh, versus Allen. How are you going to forget about me? And so this is the moment. Lamar can on a national stage against the best quarterback in the league, the quarterback everybody's saying is the next Tom Brady, and say, no, I'm going to even demoralize you. And I've got something about to say this, and I'm going to go to the – he's one game away from that Super Bowl, from the promise he delivered on, on the draft weekend. And because it's so different and because he can do it all, I think he's going to do it. But I'm glad it's Mahomes, and I'm glad it's a, I'm glad it's him because I respect Mahomes. Just the way it was great that Lam- that Joe Flacco had to go through Brady and Manning. This is the way it needs to be, and it's a massive moment for Lamar that I believe he's going to go out and take. It's it's not Super Bowl weekend, but gosh, could you could you imagine if Lamar plays the role that Eli Manning played in Tom Brady's life in two different Super Bowls? Like again, it's not Super Bowl weekend. But what if that happens, right? What if he is is Patrick's Achilles heel this year? And then from then on out, not saying he wants to mirror the career of one Eli Manning. He wants bigger than that. With all due right. respect to Eli, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback for the New York Giants. He wants bigger than that. But can he do this year what Eli did to Tom twice when nobody had him doing it at all, including one right. that, that kept them from going to perfection. Uh, Shannon Sharp is what we built Tuesday's morning vault around. He and Richard Sherman had to kind of walk themselves back a little bit or at least sing the praises of Lamar on Monday morning quarterback, if you will. And somebody was asking us on Twitter or telling us that they heard 
Shannon taking accountability for the whole not worth his money. Are the Ravens getting their money's worth conversation from last October? Was that what happened or no? He took here. I'll play the clip. Then okay. this is you're gonna see. It's it's like ten seconds. So you're gonna see how we missed it. It was like a quick little something in the middle of a much longer, uh, you know, speech. But here's what he said, and then we can talk. After. Everything that they could say negative about Lamar Jackson, and I've been one of the ones that like, hey, Lamar needs to play better. Lamar needs to do this. He silenced everybody. The silence is deafening. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. (laughs) There it is. He's funny, man. You know, people love the guy, right? And and I like him. And I like him too. I love that you like him because he blocked you, and yet you still like him. <laughs> like care. that's just who you care. are. That's just who you are. You're you're a bigger person. Um, and by the way, talk about having thin skin. Really, like that's some. Yeah, thin he skin. he does have thin skin. I do. That's some thin skin. Yes, yes, yes. But but for for somebody to be so beloved in a fan base for so long. And be a Super yeah. Bowl champion within that fa- within that that city, to then take this narrative in your in your post playing days and run with uh, some unjustified Lamar criticism over these years. It is crazy to see how polarizing he has become, especially within the Ravens Twitter sphere. Yeah, but uh, listen, I listen. I just the reason why I pulled it is I want to give credit where credit's due. He did, <laughs> to a small degree, call himself out and say, "Listen, I was one of the ones that said, hey, Lamar, you need to la- play better.'" And he's saying he silenced everybody. He's saying that everybody's silenced because I feel like he feels he feels like Lamar has been able to silence his doubts. So I'll give him that. All right. But he didn't. He said a lot more than he, you need to play better. If he, all he said was you need to play better, yeah. then nobody would have like batted an eye. It was more that it was him saying that the, the Ravens weren't getting their money's worth out of Lamar. That to me was like a different level of disrespect. But whatever. I'm willing to give credit where credit's due. He start, he's basically saying Lamar has shut me up. Gotcha. With his play. So there we go. All right. So speaking of the Ravens' Twitter sphere, though, we saw a lot of reaction. We got tagged in a, a number of tweets. A lot of people tagged us on this. Yes. Yeah. And this was the Kansas City Chiefs post-game locker room celebration after beating the Bills last weekend. And because of how much fun John Harbaugh has been having in recent weeks, not only locking up the division, but winning the, that playoff game against the Texans, there's been a lot of locker room celebrations. There's been a lot of dancing. Andy Reid had this to say when addressing his team Post game in the Chiefs locker room. Hey, listen, no dancing today. Right? Ah! 
No dancing today. We got we got more to do, right? Yes, sir. More to do. Yes, sir. But you know what? We're gonna enjoy this one like son of a butt. First of all, did he say a son of a butt? Is that what he said? I, I heard him say it again later. It sounded like a son of a buck. <laughs> okay. So, first of all. Listen, listen. I think Andy's, Andy might be like me. I know we're, we're, we're of the same faith. You know I don't curse. So, I've got a lot of silly phrases that are just like like mom phrases. That sounded like a dad phrase for like not a new substitute for not cursing. You know for I've sure. got like a ton. Oh, yeah. I love it. And people love it too. And if you ever look at our YouTube comments, people will always hit your phrases down there. You know, can't yeah. think of one right now off the top of my head, but I've seen a bunch of them. Uh, what, what's one? I say "son of a gun" a lot. I was bananas. That's bananas. Uh, <laughs> bananas, bananas. That's one that, that people that's love. Bananas. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Look, anyway, whatever. To me, this has been not not that it's even been blown out of proportion. Like I don't want to sit, sit here and say that there's been a bunch of tweets, but definitely enough to at least warrant bringing it up on an episode. I mean, if, if you th if you guys think that that's a shot at the Ravens, I, I just I can't go down that road. Andy and and John have such respect for one another. I think maybe people maybe they had danced prior. Who knows? Maybe that was something referring to somebody dancing right before that speech happened, or in a past locker room setting. Maybe they do it during the regular season. I don't know. They've been there, done that. To me, I don't. I'm not slighted by that at all. But I know some people were. I just yeah. don't see how that's related. Well, maybe it's related. Maybe it's related. Maybe they saw the Ravens dancing and they were like, we're not doing that. You know what I mean? So um, whatever. But do I think it was like a malicious jab or anything like that? No. To your point, Andy Reid and, and John Harbaugh are very good friends. They still keep up and all that kind of stuff. To me, and and I've something that I've changed that I'm not going to do anymore. So earlier this season, I took a small jab at the Browns. And I can't remember, I think it was their week one, they beat the Bengals, I believe, and they were celebrating like crazy. And then the Ravens week one, we saw Lamar, and Lamar was like, so, you know? And yeah. I was like, so I wrote a tweet, something like, uh, the Browns celebrated like it was their Super Bowl, and the Ravens act acted like it was like everyday business, right? And so then I was like, and then a lot of Browns shot back, and they're like, what do you care? Like, it meant a lot to us, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to take shots anymore on how people celebrate. Like if it, if it's meaningful to you, why should I try to bring you down in your moment of celebration? I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, uh, cause I think that they, and, and so like, this was meaningful to the Ravens because of the narrative that they, that Lamar can't win in the playoffs. Right. And that like, Oh, the rust. And did you make the right decision? And that yada, yada, yada. Whereas, as we've talked about, the Chiefs have been to the AFC Championship six times, and they know that the, the job's not finished. And if you would look in there, Lamar was not part of the dancing. Lamar hasn't been doing that all year, right? Oh, and so when, when John Harbaugh did eventually give Lamar a game ball, they had to find Lamar way back here, right? Because he was acting like it was business as usual. So point, my point is, is like maybe he did have the Ravens in mind, and we're not going to dance like the Ravens did. But at the same time, I don't think it's a jab. And I'm no longer in the business of trying to talk about how people yeah. should celebrate. If you're happy and you're excited for whatever reason, what you've been through, then go and do it. And if you've already been there and you don't feel the need to dance, then don't do it. So I'm out of yeah. the business of telling you how to celebrate. I'm smirking over here because the way that you said meaningful brought me back to a clip that resurfaced when the Ravens played the Dolphins, and I think I was the one that resurfaced it online back when Vic Fangio, who's now the yes. Miami defensive coordinator, 
was the head coach of the Broncos. And at the time, the Ravens were going for that rushing record, right, a couple of years ago. And <laughs> and then, of course, the, the drama that played out in the media between Fangio and Harbaugh, who know each other very well. But I remember Harbs responded to Fangio's player safety comments with something along the lines of, what's meaningful to us may not, may not be meaningful to them, and yes. we're not going to concern ourselves with that nonsense or something along those lines. And the way you said it brought me directly back to the way that he mentioned it I may in the have press stolen conference. It from Harbs. Maybe that yeah. was back there because you're right. When you said the way you said meaningful, I actually started thinking about that too. So, How funny yeah, is I that? I agree. Yep. That's hysterical. All right, let's get to some quick hits because there are a number of them. Jordan Schultz tweeted on Tuesday that Jim Harbaugh – Brother of John wants to coach the Chargers, and the Chargers want Jim Harbaugh. He's in L.A., and according to Jordan, he believes this deal is going to get done so long as Harbaugh's questions about bringing his staff and analytics folks are met, perhaps even more wild. Aaron Wilson, NFL reporter, he was talking about what a staff might look like underneath Jim, and according to his sources, his offensive coordinator would be one Greg Roman, Defensive coordinator would be Jesse Minter. And special teams coordinator would be none other than Jim's son, Jay Hart. And this prompted me to quote tweet Aaron and ask, respectfully, is there a family in America who's more loyal to their people than the Harbaugh's? I love it. Okay, so, so two thoughts on this. Number one, if Jim does go to the Chargers, that's one, you know, solid organization that would be taken off the list for Mike McDonald. Okay. That's number one. Still think Mike would get hired somewhere which, else, but, but that's, which by the way, sorry to interrupt your, your flow. You're good. There, Tennessee looks to be bringing in the Bengals offensive coordinator, which came in very late Callahan on, t- on uh, Monday evening. So that would, enough, that would be another one that could potentially be checked off the box at some point this week. Yes. And even if Mike McDonald still gets somewhere else, I believe Todd Munkin had two interviews, right? And one of them was with the Chargers. So at the very yes. least, that, that more, that, because I want Todd back. I still don't feel like oh the Ravens' gosh. offense, I, I don't feel like the Ravens' offense has hit their stride oh, under yeah. this new, and I, and I want to see that continue. My second thought with, with him bringing in Greg Roman to your point about being loyal, here's why this would be, I think this would be actually a, a good move. So Jim, made some headlines. I, I think it, I think it was, I can't remember if it was 2021 or 2022, but Jim went unconventional and named two offensive co-coordinators and both of them got to call plays during games. And from the article I read, Jim had been on a, on a podcast and he basically explained that one coordinator would always run the uh, call the run would call the run plays and then another coordinator would call the pass plays. And of course, Jim himself has called plays in the past more than John does. Uh, John, I don't think John ever has. And Jim's much more into developing the passing game also. So to me, if you are going to do that, that sort of thing, and it's turned out fine at Michigan, then Greg Roman being in there, even though he's named as a coordinator, if he was really more of a co-coordinator and he was there to develop the run game, but has a coordinator title, that's like perfect for Greg to get back into the game with a coordinator title. And then with Jim, it's like I've got the best run game coordinator in all the land, and but yet I, I, I know I can still develop a passing game with Herbert and perhaps not just and perhaps just give Greg play calling duties to, to the run. So to me, that would be a win-win for both Greg and Jim. 
both Harbaugh's in the AFC. That's wild. Yeah. Warren Sharp, Sharp Football on Twitter, put out a bunch of series of tweets here related on this to. A lot too. We did a lot. It's related to officiating ahead of the Chiefs game, Chiefs Ravens. The NFL pushed the panic button. He tweets, they have a ref in their rotation who is a massive edge to road teams. Road teams win at the number one highest rate with him. He penalizes home teams in ways no other ref does, and he's calling the Chiefs road game, meaning this upcoming weekend in Baltimore. It was a fascinating decision to put Sean Smith on the Chiefs game. The last three years with other refs, home teams win 55.9%. But with Smith, home win rates Drop to forty point eight percent with other refs. That's a that's a fifteen percent drop. That's significant. This is analytical stuff. That's a significant drop. Heavy sample size here. With other refs, home teams cover uh, the spread fifty point one percent of the time. But with Smith, home cover rates drop to thirty seven percent. Okay, so uh, not something you want to hear if you're a Ravens fan going into the weekend. But again, this is this is the numbers. Is this merely coincidental? Warren goes on to ask. Or is there a reason why home teams lose so often with him than with other refs? Uh, he worked with NFL ref stats one and uncovered some wild penalty trends for Smith. These trends certainly help drive the result of home teams losing as often as they do. And then we won't read every single slide here, but here's one. How do road teams win so many games with Smith? Example one, false start penalties. The NFL average the last three years was 4.6% more penalties on the road team. That makes sense. As he notes, crowd noise, other things that are in play there would hurt a road team more. However, Smith, the last three years, 34.8% more penalties are on the home team in games that he calls. The article details out many classes of penalties, which are often judgment calls, specifically roughing the passer and unnecessary roughness. League-wide, these are called a slight degree more on road teams, somewhere between 7 and 12%. But Smith calls between 37 to 71% more on the home team. So, again, just a few snippets here. Analytically, not great. You hope that the percentage favors the Ravens. But over time, sample size-wise, that hasn't been the case for home teams. Yeah, so I'm not going to go down the road of, like, I feel like Warren's somewhat implying that, like, the NFL – is pushing chiefs. Do you know what I mean? By, by choosing this, yeah. this referee crew, I'm not going to go down that route. Um, however, the, it, I'm telling you the chiefs fans were so mad at Warren for this. They were oh, so sure. mad I'm sure. and calling into, you know, his, his, his credibility into judgment or calling into question his, his credibility, but the stats are the stats and they're interesting. And who knows why the stats are the way this, the, the way they are. I mean, he looked into penalty trends. Some people said, well, you know, wh who were the teams, this and that? Is there more context, yada, yada, yada? But to me, yeah, it's something to watch. And um, I will judge the refereeing by what we see in this game. Um, but certainly, the Chiefs don't need any advantage. I just, I thought the refereeing last week was so good. So good in the Houston and Ravens game. Um, and uh, what they did call was pretty much right. Like all those pre-snap penalties, the Houston wasn't fighting them, right? There was no, there was no controversy with the refs. I would have loved that crew again. So uh, I got to tell you, I'm sure Ravens fans are going to be like having one eye, eyebrow raised even higher than usual going into this, knowing these stats heading in. Broadcast crew is going to consist of Tony Romo, Jim Nance, and Tracy Wolfson on the sideline. It's a CBS broadcast. And Ravens insider here on Twitter, which I believe 
is through the Baltimore Sun, has the caption, sorry, Ravens fans, you're stuck with Tony <laughs> Romo and Jim Nance. Do you like Tony and Jim? Love them. This yeah, is my favorite I crew. I feel like there are a lot, um, there are a lot of people that don't like them. Uh, Tony, I think, started on fire when he first started, and he's definitely cooled off. And Ravens, uh, Baltimore Sun, detailed the gaffes that they've had, um, which, you know, anybody's going to have gaffes, so... I'd like to hear in the comments, like those that don't like them, what what is it that you don't like anymore? I've always I, I've always enjoyed it myself. Perhaps this picture, for those of you in the audio only space, it's Mahomes and Romo. Maybe there is a love affair doing how many Chiefs games they've done over the years yeah. because of that primetime slot. Well, I mean, to be you, fair, almost anybody that I've anytime I watch the Chiefs, all of the broadcasters have a love affair with Patrick Mahomes. Well, so, it's hard not to, right? It's hard, it's hard, not, hard not to. Not to. Hopefully, they're a little even-handed and can give a little love the other way. This guy got a bunch of love. 10 well, million views coming up on. Yeah, Here's the tweet. Funny. We should have had this the other night. Go ahead. Yeah, no, sorry. I was just going to – the reason why I pulled this in is because you said, hey, we wanted to give the guy his due who was the first one to find it. So we've already covered this, but I just wanted to show you who it was that, that originally found it. Yep, Daniel, at Flock Enthusiast, the MLK lookalike from the other night. On ESPN in the Ravens Stadium, MLK Dunn resurrected to witness a Lamar playoff masterpiece. Coming up on 10 million views Crazy. at the time of this screenshot. Unreal. Good stuff there, Daniel. I think you win Twitter for the week. Our newest patron is Carl Skinner. Shout out, Carl. Thank you for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same, your support, your donation goes directly towards the betterment of our channel from the top down. And we really appreciate you, Carl. So thanks a lot. Anything else before we jump? Uh, we've hit the time just real quick. Lamar against the Blitz. Blitz rate last week against Houston, 75%. Completions on, on that Blitz cover on that Blitz. He was 13 of 18, 120 passing yards, and two touchdowns. Blitz, don't Blitz. He can find a way. Make sure you make your plans accordingly. Friday at noon Eastern. That's lunch hour, noon Eastern, Friday the 26th. Heading into the championship weekend, we're going to be doing yet another State of the Ravens. It's not going to be four hours long. We're going to go from 12 to 2. We had our conversations. We had our meetings outside of the live stream format. We are good to go. We're ready to roll. It's going to be great. It's going to be two jam-packed hours. Guests are already starting to fill up, so be on the lookout for that. It'll be joint simulcast live streams across all of our platforms, and can't wait to get you ready for a big weekend. Later on that night, a couple hours later, I will be at Twain's Tavern live streaming and i hear there's going to be a couple players there would be more around town sarah including ben cleveland so i nice. uh, have not even had a chance to talk to you about that but that's going to be coming up so it's a big day of streaming it's a big weekend in baltimore i will be out to be more around town tailgate uh from probably gosh 12 up until kickoff if not earlier and then if they win or perhaps when they win you and i are going to be in vegas regardless looking forward to doing our Getting whole closer on credentials please i mean I'm in contact. I'm in yep. contact. They're reviewing me. So we'll see. I love it. Let's keep rolling. Keep Thank it. you guys so much for the support. It's going to be a fantastic week. We're in conversations with Robert Griffin III and many others to try and give you as much possible content as we can stand over the next couple of days. We are around the clock for you. We appreciate you. For my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett. Please like this video if you enjoyed this specific piece of content and subscribe to The Vault on all platforms, including the audio-only spaces.